Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. So what we're talking about uh, for this uh, 3 for 10, and I know uh, we've been talking about uh, leading up to it, but we're going to be talking about our values here at Covenant Life Center. Uh, We're going to be talking about what we prioritize, uh, what we really have been built around of what we like hold firm to like these are the things are non-negotiable like we're gonna have this we're gonna do that our values like what we prioritize um so we're gonna have different speakers um throughout the night but i kind of have the privilege of kicking us off uh because here at covenant life center uh we have five values and two three for tens so that's six spaces to speak so i'm gonna kick off basically talking talking to y'all like why values so like why is it important for us to have values here at clc because I know a lot of times, right, values is a word you hear a lot, right? Like you say, oh, stick to your values, right? Christian values, you know. Um, God, you know, you always hear values. Our values are throwing out values, values, values. But, like, why should we have them? Why should we um, have these things that we stick to, these ideas uh, that we um, really hold on to? Like, why do we have values? And so that's what we're going to be talking about for my a quick 10 minutes or it might be less because um, I don't want to take up too much time before I welcome up the next speakers. Uh, but when we kick off tonight, I want, I want to kind of kick off with scripture uh, with Philippians 4, 8 through 9. When I was studying uh, kind of like, you know, values and sticking to Christian living, um, I found this verse in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. It reads this uh, in verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and a God of peace will be with you. And again, I mentioned that I don't want to take up too much time, so I'm going to drop the first point I have, maybe the only main point before I talk about uh, a brief description of our values, but really why we have values is because what the main point is, if you don't maintain God's values, you can't attain God's vision. If you don't maintain God's values, then you can't attain God's vision. Because uh, what that scripture was saying to me, he said, find these things that are good, find these things that are praiseworthy, find these things that you know that work, that you find the word, and it says stick to them, right? He says stick to them. Do it consistently. Make it part of your everyday life. And to me, what that scripture is saying is saying, find some values in your life. Find some things that you know are honorable, that you, is in the word, that you know is something that you need to do, that you feel like your spirit is telling you to do. Find those things and stick to them. And so when I think about values and why we have them here at Covenant Life Center, because I really believe that values is the first building block you need to start building something big. Right? I think the first thing you need before you start a business, before you start uh, uh, a church, before you, before you kick off a family, before you start a family, before you start a relationship, before you start your adult life, you need to find out what your values are. Right? You need to find out what's important to me, right? what's important to God, right? what are some things that I need to hold hard on to, that I need to be close fist about, that I know, hey, you know what, these are my values. I think that's what's important. I think that's why, and that's the, the reason why we have it here at CLC. Because really, when you have these strong values, uh, what it does is that it, it gives you a firm foundation to live on. You know, and 
when you have values in your life, it, it kind of, it's kind of like a, when you have values and, and, and you write, written down, has anybody ever had, like, had this self-reflection where you've written down your values in your life? Has anybody ever done that? A few people? You know, uh, you know, when I was young, or young, younger, uh, I know, I know, I hate saying when I was young, because people are like, you know, I know I'm young. But when I was younger, uh, when I was first really starting, uh, I was going to Bible school, and I was really getting serious about being an adult. You know, I say, you know what, it's time to stop being a kid, right? I said, you know what, God, what are some values I need to stick to and stick with? And God really impressioned me to write them down. And uh, there's this miracle called Evernote. Anybody ever heard of Evernote? It's a miracle. If you never heard of it, download it. It's a note-taking app. And so I wrote it down in my Evernote. It was one of the first notes I ever written. But I wrote down, and I still have them today, and I written down, I said, Caleb's values. And I written some things that are, like, things that I'm close-fist about. And really what they were, when I wrote down my values, it's kind of like a lens or a perspective that I look through, right? Because the very first thing I think about before I make a decision is, does this line up with my values, right? Before I do anything. Before I make a big decision, a small decision, I'll say, hey, hold up. Before I even take this next step, I need to make sure that this doesn't conflict or go against what I value in my life, right? And so that's why I think it's so important to have values and have six minutes left, so I'll speed up. But that's why here at CLC, here at Coming Life Center, that's the same exact reason why we have values. Because I don't want to spoil what they are just yet because I want the speakers who come up and talk more about them. I want them to explain it. But when we have these values and we talk about them, what you need to understand as a Covenant Life Center member is that you need to know that when we talk about this value, this is something that we're going to do every church service, right? This is something that's going to be involved in every event, right? You're going to know that, hey, when I come to Covenant Life Center, they're going to do this, right? This value is something that they're close fist about. Like they're, they're, they might be able to, uh, be malleable in some areas, but they're going to do this, right? They're going to do that. Like, they're, they're, they're going to stick to their values. And so um, what I actually wanted to do is that I want to kind of give a preview of what these speakers are going to talk about. So I wanted to real quick um, just give a, go over what our values are um, as a church family, what we hear, what the values are at Covenant Life Center, just so you know as a quick uh, appetizer if you will, before each speaker goes into a more depth, um, talk about it. So um, what our first value here at Covenant Life Center is our first value is family. And what we hear, what we value when we talk about family is that we value creating a culture of belonging. We value creating a culture of belonging. Here at Covenant Life Center, we believe that when you walk into those doors, it doesn't matter who you are, you belong, right? Right? It doesn't matter if you haven't learned to behave yet, right, you belong, right? It doesn't matter if you don't believe yet, we believe you belong, right? Here at Covenant Life Center, our first value here is that it's family, right? When you get into these doors and when you sit in those chairs, like I said um, during announcements, I really believe you're my family, right? You're my brother and sister in Christ. And so that's like, the, like one of the first values here at Covenant Life Center. Again, I said I want to do this briefly because I got four minutes. And so the second one is giving, we value having a lifestyle of generosity. That's another value you're always going to see here at Covenant Life Center. And this is, again, something that not only, right, Pastor Bobby and Pastor Don, right, this is something that we're all, right, we're all going to live with generosity, right? We're all going to live with a lifestyle of saying, you know what, I don't want to look at what I can take. I want to look for what I can give, right? If there's one thing that um, 
I kind of want to say something in my life is that if there's one thing somebody can say about me, I want them to say, well, Caleb Slavic, he gave more than he took, right? He, he didn't look for what he, could, what he could get out of people. He always looked to what he could give back, right? What he could give back to the community, what he could give to people. And so that's a, a value that we take on here at Covenant Life Center is that we're going to be generous people, right? We're going to be generous, and that's going to be a lifestyle, right? That's not going to be something, and again, I'm talking about tithes and offering not only. I'm talking about, man, I'm going to be generous with my time, right? I'm going to be generous uh, with my talent, right? I'm going to be generous to everybody around me so they know that, hey, if you need something and I'm capable of giving it to you, you're, I'm going to give it to you. You're right. There's, I'm going to be generous, right? Generosity is a lifestyle. And the third value here at Coming Life Center is prayer, right? We value making prayer our lifestyle. I mean, if you, if, if you haven't been, if you haven't noticed this yet, I mean, people who first get here, they know us right away. We pray a lot, right? When you walk into these doors and you see our services and you experience it, you know that here at Covenant Life Center, we really believe that prayer is our first response, right? It's not our last resort. And not only prayer isn't some religious thing, prayer is an opportunity for us to get more of God, right? Who wants more of God, right? And so that's why, that's why prayer is such a value here at Covenant Life Center because that is something that we want our lifestyle to be about, right? We want our foundation to be built on prayer. We want prayer to be something that is just so, like, it's, it's just so easy. Like, hey, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Hey, let's think. Hey, before we take a next step, why don't, we, why don't we pray with each other, right? We want that to be the value here at Covenant Life Center. That's prayer. And I'm almost done. I ain't got a minute, 45 seconds. So discipleship is the fourth value. And discipleship is saying we value spiritual growth as our daily goal. Every day here at Covenant Life Center, we never want to say, hey, we made it, right? I don't know about you, but I never want to get to a place where we say, hey, you know what? I'm spiritually mature enough to stop growing, right? I, I know that there's a lot of people who they, they reach this limit or what's this, this thing where they think, hey, I made it, and they stop growing, right? But here at Covenant Life Center, we value discipleship. Every day when you come into these doors or every time you experience an event here, we want you to grow spiritually, right? We never want anybody here to think, doesn't matter from Pastor Bobby. Pastor Bobby, you can ask him, he's growing every day, right? He never wants to reach a limit where he says, you know what, I made it. Because who knows when you say that, you put a limit on yourself, right? I never want to limit God, right? I want to say, you know what, every day I want to go closer to you. And so that's our fourth value here is discipleship. And so our last value that we're going to talk about is worship. Worship is a value here, and it says we value an atmosphere of welcoming God's presence. Here's something I can tell you about Covenant Life Center. We love God's presence, right? We love it. When, when God enters the room, we don't take it for granted, right? When, God, when God's spirit gets here, right, we don't act like we've been there before. Every time God shows up, we act like this was the first time ever he's been here, right? We act like we're like, oh, thank you, God, for showing up. Thank you, Jesus, for touching my heart. Thank you. Like, we, we value worship here because we, what worship really is, saying, God, every time you enter this room, I'm not going to act like I've been here before, right? Every time you enter this room, I'm going to act like you're the most important thing ever. Amen? Amen? Well, I've officially ran out of time. <coughs> and officially ran out of time. And so as we welcome up our next speaker, so did he, the, the, was that good? That's kind of like a little introduction. I know I wanted, I didn't want to take 10 minutes, but man, I, I guess it's got the best of me. 
So as we welcome up our first speaker, um, and I kind of like, you know, introduce her, um, this girl, let me tell you, she has, she has a heart of gold. Her purity, I'm telling you, it, it inspires everybody. It, it's something that people can glean off. Um, she's extremely talented. Uh, there's so many things I can say about her. Uh, she just so happens to be, be my girlfriend. So can y'all put y'all's hands together uh, for Haley Rivera? Uh, she's going to do an awesome job. Testing, one, two, three. I have a very soft voice, so they got to turn me way up louder than everybody else. So um, I'm so excited to talk tonight, and this is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, and God has actually been speaking to me a lot over the last few months about this, and um, it's worship, which I do lead the worship team here, but I want to talk tonight about how it's so much more than music. It's a it's a heart thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into that. But I think before we dive into that, I want to talk about what worship is and what God intended for us to, to do. And so we're going to start in Genesis, okay? So if you're writing notes, um, I'm reading from Genesis 2. And I'm just going to skim through it because I've got one scripture only that I really want to kind of focus on. So Genesis 2 and 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And we know that was Adam, right? And then if you kind of skip down a little bit, it talks about how he creates a helper, and, the, and her name was Eve. And then in verse 25, God says, Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. That's what I want us to focus on, okay? Because God created us, Adam and Eve, us, with the idea that we would not live with shame, we would not live with sin, we would not live with condemnation. Everything that we now are so distracted by, he intended us, he intended them to freely worship him every single day, wake up to commune with him, God created Adam and Eve in his image so that they could live in freedom and enjoy a relationship with him. So they could worship with him. They could commune with him every day, just like I just said. They were created completely without sin. I may sound kind of repetitive, but I really want this to kind of, I want y'all to see what I feel like God has shown me. When they were without sin, they were focused on God. But after, if you don't know the story, but after um, Satan tempted them and they ate of the forbidden fruit, then they, they noticed they were naked and they felt shame and they knew they had sinned. So, with, so then their focus was turned on themselves and away from God. Do you see what happened? And so... I won't go too into too, too much detail, but then Jesus came and then redeemed us, and now we're able to live in freedom and have a choice to live in his presence. Amen? So, but I want to go back to that because I think sometimes even me, some, I can deal with shame, guilt, falling into that, you know, and it distracts us from the presence of God. So, the first thing I want to say, if you're writing notes, is worship is, 
takes the attention off of us, off of you, and puts it on God. That's what worship is. That's what true worship is, okay? It is taking the focus off of our problems, off of our situations, people, family, completely focusing on who he is, how great he is. And most of the time, we are so distracted, like I said, by all these things that we don't even truly get into worship. We're so focused on all these things. But you have to let go of all those thoughts, all those fears, whatever it is, and place it in God's hands, okay? That it's comes, it starts with a true, humble heart before God. Amen? So John 4.24 says, But the time is coming, indeed, this is Jesus talking, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, in spirit and in truth. And it's taken me a few years to really understand what worship is. And I've been serving in the church doing music for since I was 13, and I'm turning 25 in like a month and a half. And, woo! That's right. But it's taken me a while to really understand, and I feel like the last few months, God has just given me a revelation of how to really, how to really worship him. I know this sounds crazy because, like I said, I've been serving in worship since I was 13. But you really, it's just, like I said, it takes a humble heart, okay, guys? And music is just an expression. I do want to mention that because if you've never heard this, music is just an expression, you can express your way in so many different different kinds of ways to worship God, okay? You do it through your time, through your treasure, um, talent. It doesn't have to just be singing. Whatever it is, you're talented. Even if you have a great smile and you love loving people, that's a talent. Not everybody loves everybody. <laughs> that's our goal, though. Worship is lifting Jesus above everything else in our lives. That's what I want to get to. Recognizing that there is someone greater than your situation. Because when we worship, we have to worship because we know he's worthy. Okay, it's above our situation. It's above what we're going through. Yes, he wants to bless us. Yes, he wants to heal us. But when we come into worship, it should be with the thought and the focus on him and how great he is. And then that's when he really starts to work on you. That should be our focus. And the next thing I want to say is my worship is not dependent on my situation, but my worship is dependent on how good God is. So what we need to do is start turning our worry into worship. When we come into worship, we need to be completely focused on him, not coming before him, pouting, begging, for God to do whatever, just worship him. That's where it starts. He'll take care of all the, the other stuff. When you get your mind focused on this, this is when your approach to worship changes, okay? Just, I want y'all to see just how, what God can do if you just humble yourself and let go of all the things, okay? So I have three minutes, and I want to share, share with y'all something that I've, I've tried to do 
and it's really helped me. And if you have a hard time getting into worship, focusing, I, I want y'all to write this down. Like, I really, really want to help y'all because it's something that I've been doing, and it's really helped me. So the first thing is you got to let go. And I could do a physical, I could right now, everybody close your eyes. Actually, we could do that. Everybody close your eyes. <laughs> I want you to think, think about one thing that has been bugging you. Even maybe as I'm talking, you've been kind of distracted with whatever. I want you to grab a hold of that in your mind, and I want you to kind of place it in your hands, physically or just, you know, mentally. And I want you to give it to God. Just give it up to him. Imagine him taking it right now. And then I want you just to begin to speak out if you're comfortable. Just begin to thank him. Five things. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you for how great you are. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Jesus, that you came and you, you died on the cross for my sins. Then I want you just to begin to praise him. God, I praise you for, for the mighty works you're doing. God, I praise you, Jesus, for who you are in my life. Jesus, I praise you that there's nobody else like you. Whatever you feel, there's no right or wrong answer. And at this moment, enter into worship. Jesus, you're so worthy. Come on, church, whatever you feel in your heart. Jesus, you're so worthy. There's nobody like you, Jesus. We love you so much. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. And that was very fast, but that's something that I have learned to do, and it has helped me so much to when I do get into worship, that last part, if you noticed throughout that, we started with our problems, then slowly let them go and just completely focused on God. And that's what our goal should be. Do this throughout your day. You're getting a little anxious or whatever, just do it. And I, be I believe because I know it's been in my life, I believe God will begin to change you little by little, and that's what true worship is. Amen. Come on, let's give her one more hand clap. She deserves it. She did a great job. There is, honestly, there is really nobody better to describe worship and Haley I'm telling you she just can step into it so quickly who knows that when she starts singing and you can just see her purity in your heart who knows God's presence is just welcomes in this room right who knows she just leads us in worship every service so well so let's one more hand clap you did such an awesome job Haley um, what a really good word I don't know about y'all but I really gleamed off that because uh, you know who sometimes right the worries get the best of you sometimes right who knows this world tries to put a lot of weight on your shoulders uh, but when you realize, right, God is here for, to take that weight off, um, worship becomes a whole lot easier because, you know, you realize it's just you giving it to God, right? When you raise up your hands, you're just saying, you know what, God, I'm, I don't want control. I give it to you, right? Amen. Amen. Uh, so as we close out this 3 for 10 for our last um, value, and also remember we're doing this again um, Next week, next Wednesday, we're going to have another three speakers speak on the um, next three values. Uh, but before I welcome up, let me brag on her a little bit. Um, so this woman of God, um, let me tell you, uh, what I like to, you know, say about her is, man, you give her something to, like, you give her responsibility, she's going to give you results. Like this, like, I mean, like, she gets stuff done. I mean, I'm telling you, there's things, like, I'm going to say, oh, like, oh, 
you know, she's over it, so I don't even have to worry about it being done because I know it's going to get done. It's going to be with excellence. And uh, she's, such a, she's such somebody you can just look up to. Um, she has a great husband. Her husband has the best facial hair ever. Let me just tell you about that. Uh, he, you know, he really does. Uh, I tell him all the time, like, man, sometimes I just wish I had gray facial hair at the age of, you know, 23. You know, I don't care. Like, I'll rock it. Uh, so without further uh, me making jokes, let me welcome up Miss Patsy to talk about uh, what uh, her last value. Good evening, church. How is that fair that I have to go after two powerhouses here? <laughs> Didn't Caleb and Haley do amazing tonight? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you, last time I was this nervous was my high school cheerleader tryouts. <laughs> Woo! And um, what I did was just before it was my time to perform, I took out my contacts so that I couldn't see anybody. <laughs> and trust me, I thought about doing that tonight, uh, but I was afraid I wouldn't be able to see my notes. Uh, well, you see, the enemy, he tried to mess with me all week, and uh, I was just tired of being bullied by him. So tonight I came with weapons. I invited Jesus here tonight, and I wore my Lady Danger lipstick <laughs> because I am boldly going to speak God's word tonight. The enemy, he doesn't have a chance. All right, so tonight I'm speaking on uh, family values, and uh, recently my husband and I uh, we took a much-needed vacation up in the hill country. And it was during that time that God gave me direction for tonight. You see, it was a time for the busyness of life to take a slower pace. And one evening, I was sitting outside, and I encountered God's creation all around me. And I really began to appreciate the beauty and detail of his artistry. And then with the whisper came, and God spoke, and he said, my final masterpiece is when I breathe the breath of life into humanity. You see, family is at the center of God's plan for happiness and progress of his children. And the Bible teaches that God established families from the very beginning, starting with Adam and Eve. Jesus Christ also valued and taught about the importance of family during his mortal ministry. Because how many of y'all know strong, happy families don't just happen. They take work. So in Deuteronomy 6, 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. He is the one who created humanity, instituted marriage, and designed the family and it is foolish to imagine that our families can be what he intended if we refuse to set him first in the family. 
And so tonight we'll learn the responsibilities of family members in God's original design. The wife's responsibility to her husband. Wives, submit to your husband as it is fitting to the Lord. That's in Colossians 3.18. The wife must submit to her husband because this is fitting and appropriate in her position in Christ. The word submission often has a negative connotation in our society because it often thinks that it makes one inferior. But actually, submit is a military word, and the word simply means to arrange under rank. A sergeant is not inferior to a captain. They are equal. Captains give the orders, and sergeants carry them out. However, in order to have order in the military, authority must exist in the relationship, or chaos will ensue. In the same way, when God made husband and wife relationship, he made it with order so that it would function properly. Submission does not imply that the wife is less than the husband. For scripture clearly proclaims the equality of all in Christ. However, our equality and unity in Christ does not remove our roles. The husband's responsibility to his wife. In Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Also in Ephesians 5.28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, and he who loves his wife loves himself. He must love her as his own body. Every day, the husband brushes his teeth, combs his hair, and clothes himself. Every day, he maintains his body. Sadly, we often go days without maintaining our marriages and allow weeds to grow up in the garden of our homes. Love must be personal, and we must love our wives like our own bodies, and daily we must take time to cultivate a happy home. Now, what should a man do when he has a wife who doesn't want to submit? Scripture says love is patient. Patiently love this person and trust God to work on her heart. So, church, if I can be transparent with you tonight. Stole your word, Pastor. <laughs> uh, uh, you see, when I met Frank, uh, I have been a single mom for 20 years. And, you know, I was in charge. I took responsibility. I was very independent. I ran my household. Uh, so when Frank asked my dad for his blessings to marry me, he initially responded and said no. He said, I don't think she's ready. But really, I think he was saying, Frank, are you sure you want to? <laughs> but he did give us his blessings. But I am so thankful that I have a godly husband that is patient because love is patient and he loves me with a Christ-like love, which is patient and forgiving. Um, the children's responsibility to their parents. In Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. It should be noted that if a child does not obey his parents in everything and recognize their authority, the child will not recognize other authorities. If a person never learns obedience in everything at home, he will struggle with disobedience for the rest of his life. A child who is disobedient to his parents will disobey every authority. He will disobey his teachers, his boss, he will disobey the law, and he will disobey God, the ultimate authority. The parents' responsibility to their children. In Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents should not embitter their children by showing favoritism toward other siblings. And we got a good picture of this in the story of Jacob and Joseph. Jacob gave Joseph the robe of many colors, showing his favor over this son above the other 11. This embittered the older siblings against the father and against Joseph. And later they kidnapped and sold Joseph into slavery out of anger. How often do siblings become embittered against one another because of unwise parenting practices? It happens all the time. It's like mother always thought you were the prettiest or dad always liked you because you were smarter and most athletic. And uh, for us as siblings, we often teased one another that we were my mom's favorite. Uh, the truth is we were all her favorites. She loved us for who we were. And my mom, she was so good. She had a way of minimizing our failures and accentuating our accomplishments. Over and over again, she would tell us how proud she was of anything we did that had any value. Instead of developing bitterness in your children, parents must aim to train their children in the instruction of the Lord. We must make sure that we are faithful stewards so we can encourage them in fulfilling God's plans for their lives. So in review, God's design for the family is that wives submit to their husbands, husbands love their wives and not be harsh to them, children obey their parents in everything, and parents not embitter their children. We cannot control others, but we can control our faithfulness to Christ as we seek to walk in God's original design for the family. So, church family, I'm out, almost out of time, but if you can grace me with one minute. Okay. So, when I accepted the invitation and I invited God to be here, invited Jesus to be here, I promised him a cheer. And so, Jesus is here tonight. Um, so, church, family, I'm going to need your help. So, if you'll stand to your feet. I'm not doing this alone. And if you're not ashamed of Jesus, then I need to hear your loudest voice tonight. Are you with me? All right. All right. So, just follow my lead.
Okay? So here we go. Give me a J. J. Give me an E. E. Give me an S. S. Give me a U. U. Give me an S. S. What is it spell? Jesus. Who's Lord of Lords? Jesus. Who's King of Kings? Who do we love? Jesus. If you're not ashamed of Jesus, say amen. Amen. Thank you, church family. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.